Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of At Least It's Not Rocket Science. I'm Nathaniel, your host tonight, accompanied by my co-host. JJ, and our other co-host, who is back from his sick spell. It's me, Kyle. I live. Woohoo! Let's go. <laughs> Can't get him that easily. And we are also get joined by a special guest yet again today. But before we get into the special guests, last episode we went over Agdrone and a little bit about the mammoths? <laughs> no, we talked what about Greek mythology. The Greek mythology, Artemis Greek. 1, mm -hmm. and some airplane talk on the Caspian Sea Monster. If any of that interests you, I recommend going back to episode 3 and checking that out. But today, in the hot seat, we have a very special guest. And I'll let them introduce themselves along with their project that they're working on under AIAA. Yeah, um, I'm Chris. I'm a fifth year at OSU, um, and I am the team lead for the uh, OSU Solar Plane. It's a first-year project, and we're all very excited to, uh, you know, be leading the way for our future teams to take that up. Yes, yeah, Solar Plane, uh, because like we've said before on this show. Uh, we are all in the same capstone class, yeah. so we, we get little little tidbits here and there about each of their each of each other's projects, and it's very interesting to see uh, like what your team is trying to accomplish. So before we get too deep into that, why don't you tell us how or where you grew up? Where did you grow up, Chris? Um, I'm from the Bay Area, San Jose. Represent. Um, <laughs> uh, was raised first two years of my life in Boulder Creek, so it's in the mountains. Uh, up from San Jose, um, and then we moved down into the valley, 2005-ish, uh, um, and then uh, high school throughout there. Um, my parents still live there. Um, yeah, so I guess California guy, mostly. Not used to this cold weather in Oregon. Uh, yes, the beautiful, beautiful cold weather. <clears throat> so, you, what, what is your major? Uh, I'm majoring in mechanical and minoring in aerospace. Interesting. What got you into the mechanical realm? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Uh, growing up, I was just super involved with, I guess, a lot of things mechanical. My dad, anytime he had something going on in the house, you'd have me there uh, teach me how to, you know, uh, replace a light switch a light switch, or, like, you know, patch a hole in the wall, the drywall, uh, work on my car, change my oil. And uh, through that, I just kind of developed, like, this mechanical sense of everything around me. Um, and it really kind of just, I don't want to say forced me, but, like, kind of, like, set me up to go into this field. Um, it kind of made me uh, way more passionate about it, and I don't think I would have gotten this far if it wasn't for that passion. <laughs> it's a lot of hard classes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the passion The passion can bring you a long way, even through, uh, even through the very hard classes. Physics. Oof. So why uh, aerospace? Aerospace. Um, it has more to do with the planes, I guess, with the aerospace uh, field. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played Little Big Planet 2. I did a little bit. Yeah. So in that game, uh, I used to hang out with a bunch of my friends, and we used to just make planes, like A-10s, F-15s, and all that kind of stuff, and we'd fight each other with it, and we'd make like, little <laughs> missiles and stuff. It was, it was just it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then that kind of sparked something in my head about you know seeing a vehicle fly in the air, shaping it the right way to get it to you know, cruise at the fastest speeds you can go. Um, and then in high school, I uh, uh, got the amazing opportunity to work at Moffett Field. Um, yep, at the uh, Historical Society there, a uh, little museum. Um, it's all Navy planes and stuff. And so I help restore aircraft engines. So we break them down, 
uh, build them back up and try to bring it back to like their uh, glory days. They don't run, unfortunately, because lots of money. But um, yeah, through that, it kind of just fueled that passion for aerospace. That's yeah. pretty sick. I was going to ask about your proximity to Ames Research Center. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just down the street from you, because I know you, you've been there two, three years? Uh, I had done events down there a, a few days at a time, but yeah, I had been down there uh, a few times before with some of my uh, community college, my NCAS stuff. Yeah. Um, and Ames Research Center is a, a very cool center. I didn't honestly know it existed until I got flown down there. Um, <laughs> but super cool stuff. And then like Moffett Field like has so much history behind it too. Oh, yeah. And has your family been in the Bay Area like? Like your say, like your relatives, have they worked in any of the industries around there with aerospace or anything like that? Not with aerospace. I would. I think I'm the first in my family to do anything aerospace related. Uh, my dad is mechanical also, but he worked through Tandem and uh, HP and uh, now Cisco. My mom, same thing. Tandem. That's where they met. Um, so yeah, I'm the first in my family for aerospace. Oh, so both of your parents are are they engineers? Yeah. Oh wow, Dang. that's yeah. unique. I've never, I've, I actually haven't heard of that in, in recent years of, of two engineer parents. Yeah. Cause well, she, she was more of like a lab tech person, but she had the whole, you know, like the bunny suit where you, you go into the, uh, or the, the clean rooms. Mm -hmm. the clean oh, bunny suits. yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So did you ever, I, I mean, I was about to say, like, I feel like that would, that would totally uh, influence you probably for the future as well as uh, having your dad quote unquote force you into into doing some of the engineering stuff right yeah i mean they were really good and like letting me do whatever i like you know was interested in um so if i you know if i, I played soccer so if i really wanted to go to soccer they would you know full on board for that um and remember one time i wanted to play piano and i was like hey mom i want to play piano and so she signed me up for lessons like the next week um so even though they were both you know like in the engineering field they never really tried to force it upon me but kind of created a, an environment to like um facilitate that that's awesome that's awesome yeah it, it's it's pretty amazing the dichotomy of of how everyone arrives at the the major and the minor that they do and it just happens that all these beautiful decisions that everyone's have made and every relative they've made that's brought us all together today oh yeah so with that why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing here at Oregon State University? Oh, man. Yeah. So, like I said before, uh, it's the first year for the solar plane uh, capstone. Um, it used to be DBF, Design, uh, Build, Fly. Um, and so that has since been dissolved because our advising professor didn't like the new missions that were coming out. It wasn't really pushing for innovation in the uh, aviation department. Uh, so he's been pushing for this solar plane project for quite a while, um, and he's finally got it. Um, so we're the first one breaking ground on it. Um, yeah, so we're tasked to build a uh, solar airplane that will fly 120 minutes past a, a stock RC plane's uh, flight time. So we're going to be changing things like the propeller, uh, different battery, obviously putting solar cells along the wing, um, and doing anything we can to just, you know, really squeeze out the maximum flight time. And I don't mean to interrupt, Nathaniel. It looks like you had a question. Now go for it. Um, I remember seeing in one of the presentations that y'all did that uh, w where will you be flying it? Like, is it going to be like above water? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's scary. No, well, not, not above water, but um, you bring up an interesting point because we're in Oregon during the winter. Oh, uh, yes. There's not like any sun. So uh, a lot of the first test, we had our first test last weekend, and that was done 20 minutes from uh, OSU's campus up north off of 99 West um, called Brian Irwin RC Field or something like that. 
Um, but going forward to do an, an actual proper test, we'll be driving over to Bend. Um, hopefully they have more sun there. We'll see. Mm, possibly at or, Brothers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Brothers or? Um, RC Field close to there. Not exactly where you guys are going to be at. Perhaps Meetup? Carpool? Yeah, USLI, <laughs> yeah, USLI Solar Plane? Yeah, USLI X Solar Plane. <laughs> we'll make stickers and t-shirts. That'd be pretty cool. So inter- is anyone able to come view that or is it just for members? Yeah, anybody, anybody can come and uh, see it. So it's still not set in stone, so we don't know exactly when we're going to be doing this. Hopefully uh, early next term, um, but we got to see. That's awesome. Yeah, I was about to say, because on the show, um, you know, we're talking to all these cool people doing all these cool projects. And if anyone ever listens that's interested for volunteering, are you, are you accepting volunteers oh, for the team? All the time. Volunteers are critical. Um, they help us with uh, things that we can't, like, so we have so much going on that when you have volunteers, you can give them something to do, and it really just uh, helps the timeline, you know, sh- uh, shrinks it. So everything's made by volunteers, it so, feels like. Well, well, I'm going to ask you some more questions about the project, but where do you meet? Uh, do you meet weekly? We meet weekly, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, 4 to 6, when we don't have our capstone class. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of up in the air. Um, in Rogers, the AAA lab. Um, and then we also meet every Friday, 1 to 3, um, and that's usually a meeting with our advising professor. But, uh, yeah, if, if anybody wants to come volunteer, check out the um, AAA Discord, and you can find our page through that. Also, uh, would you like them to email you if they have questions or interest? Uh, yes. Sh- should I plug that, too? Please, please yeah, do. Of course. Yeah. Plug whatever you'd like. Yeah, so my my, um, uh, my own it is Curti uh, Cree, C-U-R-T-I-C-H-R, at Oregon State. Such a weird... <laughs> name for my email. I mean, at least it's not H A N N A N N A. Is that what yours is? Yeah, it's a bunch of A's and N's. And a banana. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> oh man, that would make me. I would mess that up. I, yeah, thank the Lord for autocomplete for uh, Gmail for Oregon State Gmail. Yes. <laughs> so I was gonna ask. So the solar plane. So you basically, it's you're trying to work on like self-sustaining flight is yep. like the base root of all this, right? Yep. So what is the what is the mass? What is the estimated mass of the final like vehicle that you will be launching? Final vehicle will be about two point six kilograms. So it's not. Whoa! It's, it's not, so it's only like around five and a half pounds. Yeah, it's pretty light. Like the wing itself makes up half the mass <laughs> of the plane. The fuselage, yes, it's not that much. Wow! And so like right now, what's what's the biggest point of research for your project that you think? Right now, it would be the solar array. So. Um, we're going with these panels, uh, C60, E60, sun power, something. I, I don't, I, we have a guy on our team that's yeah. much more proficient at this than I am. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the problems that we're facing right now is uh, structure. Um, these panels are super fragile. They say they have a 30 degree bend to them, but they don't really have that. So we're trying to figure out the best way to weatherproof them because, you know, Oregon, the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to figure out um, how it will hold up to the uh, forces that's gonna see when we're flying. So if you're flying, your wings are gonna be deflecting up um, you know, like, uh, looking at the stuff you guys done in, in class, when a beam is deflect, deflecting, one side goes into compression and the other goes into tension. And so our panels are going to be uh, on the compression side. And so we just want to make sure our panels, when they see those forces, they don't just start cracking up. And then, you know, we're going to lose a bunch of panels if that happens. Just break a couple wings. Break a couple <laughs> wings. No, hopefully not. Break so, a few so wings. So for, for solar planes, so like USLI, we have a structure of structures, air recovery propulsion, and payload. I'm sure that solar plane has some type of structure for each 
specific component, especially for a very complex project like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to run this down? Yes. So we that? have, uh, it's a little complicated uh, at the moment because we're doing some reorganization of the teams. So um, firstly, we have the propulsion team. And so they're focused around motors, uh, props, and, you know, trying to figure out the most efficient combination. We're researching and 3D, our, 3D printing our own props, which would be pretty cool. Oh. Um, and then we have the um, avionics team. And so their job and responsibility is to uh, implement a autonomous aerial vehicle flying system um, using this little thing called a Pixhawk as Ardu pilot on it. So this uh, little device helps us uh, fly autonomously. So we don't need some guy like sitting there for eight hours, mm -hmm. straining away, trying to see this white plane in the sky. Um, so um, we can put some nodes on the screen and it'll follow that. Um, it can also hunt thermals. So if we want to do uh, some thermal updraft uh, hijacking, then we can um, uh, plug that in and then it'll hunt these thermals and follow them along the ground, which is pretty neat. Um, and then we have the aerostructure team. And so they're working with the fuselage and the wings and uh, ultimately, ultimately going to be uh, trying to figure out the best way to combine the panels onto the, um, onto the wing. And then lastly, we have the solar uh, team and their whole job is to get that solar array up and uh, uh, be as efficient as possible. Yeah, I always think about the solar arrays, like, because I know that there's a few different types of, like, photovolta photovoltaic panels, right? <laughs> um, I'm assuming the most efficient ones are the most expensive and heaviest ones. Yeah, well, yeah, for, for yeah, if you just want to have the most efficient solar array on the ground and it's not going to be in the air, then they are going to be heavy and they're going to be thick and robust and stuff to, you know, withstand the elements. But the ones we're going with, they're really, really small. Like their their thickness is measured to a micron. I don't remember exactly oh, wow. how thick it is. Like, how do you wire something that thin up? Yeah, we have um things called push bars, like these little metal strips that go in between each panel, and you just solder them together. Pretty easy. Easy money, huh? Easy money. <laughs> yeah. And you're the the team cap or the team lead. Team lead of Solar Plane. Yes. Now. I know as team lead, you kind of run the whole show, but do you have one specific sub team that's like your your, your home? Your baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the aerostructures team primarily. Because mm. uh, when I was doing DBF last year, the team that has since been dissolved, um, I was part of the aerostructures team there and helping any way I could. So that's kind of like, a, I guess, my my origin story. Your heritage. <laughs> it's your, yeah, yeah. You've, you've evolved now to become team captain from that. Yeah. So I guess how long have you been on... on DBF before you got into solar plane? I guess. Uh, for the whole year. Uh, I remember I was taking Dr. Abatani's aerospace class, AAE 210, and uh, George Lee, the uh, the previous years, I think 2019 and 2020, uh, he was the team lead and he came in and presented uh, and, sh and showed what DBF does. And that just like clicked it for me. And I was like, I have to join that. So I sent him an email right after class and he got back. And within the next week, I was at uh, DBF uh, helping them monocoat wings and stuff, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So would you say like getting in onto the AIAA project before you got to Capstone was very beneficial for you? Oh, um, it's been immeasurable. Uh, just the exposure, like at the time, I felt like I, I wasn't doing enough. Um, and I feel like I, I felt like I, I, you know, I just didn't have the, the tools to help, but really you don't need any experience. And that's what took me a while to get over. Um, and then first week I realized you really don't need any experience because everybody's willing to help you and everybody's willing to teach how to do things. Um, and so since then, it's helped me understand how uh, crazy this timeline can be. You know, we have two terms to develop this plane and build it and fly it. Um, and you can get caught up on the little uh, tiny details. And that really just hangs up the overall timeline of your prog progress. Um, so 
just having that prior experience uh, has I, it has definitely helped me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's something that I've always said is surround yourself with people smarter than you. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's what the that's what the that's how you succeed, right? Is mm-hmm. you need to recognize where your strengths are. And when you don't know something, which, like, I, I think I may have mentioned this before. I didn't know anything about rocketry until I became team captain of USLI. There you go. And I've learned pretty much everything I know from either just headbutting my way through it or from, like, Nathaniel or James, our structures lead, or Ian, our payload lead. Like, just learning by watching or learning by looking at old documents. Like, all that just to just to learn how to do something right. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot of work. <laughs> it is. It's exhausting, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's the solar plane stuff. I I don't know. I I don't think I'm smart enough to understand the ah, electro- electronics behind <laughs> the the solar plane. You don't give yourself enough credit. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 impressive, you know, uh, like. The RC planes, first off, I don't think I could ever fly one. <laughs> I'd probably crash into the ground. So have you? are you worried about that at all? Are you worried about a big send-off? You should have seen me our first test flight. Uh-oh. I felt like a mom watching her kid play football. <laughs> I was just waiting for that thing to just plummet into the ground. Um, but none of the guys on our team are flying. It's uh, another pilot, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. He's like this retired uh, gentleman that flies at that airfield every Saturday. Um, and he is the most experienced RC pilot I've ever seen. Um, so on our first test flight, he took it up and I was like shaking the whole time. We brought it back down, uh, nerves were gone. And then we added some ballast to simulate the full weight of the aircraft, sent it back up, shakes came back on again. And so he turns to me as he's flying, he's like, you Velcroed everything, right? And then just instantly does a backflip <gasps> with the aircraft. And I'm, I'm, I'm like pooping myself, dude. Oh. I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, just laughing. And, and then he started flying it upside down for a bit. So I think he was just showing us that oh, it was very cable and there's man. nothing to worry about. Well, he trusted your work, I guess, right? I, I feel like he shouldn't have, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because yeah. we also discussed last week with one of the Ag Drone members with the big crash. Oh, man, mm-hmm. yeah. And how that was probably one of like their biggest setbacks. But it's nice that you could, if it is crashed, you could blame someone else. Yeah, but, I guess. <laughs> but about the Ag Drone crash, mm-hmm. it was actually previous year's team member that was well-knowledged yes. about the drone. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Was flying it. And that's who caused the crash. So. Due to a combination of issues. That yeah. wasn't just his flying Highly skills, but error. it was, yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a combination of things, but definitely some operator error. That's funny. Man, the, yeah, the, I'm trying to think, I had another specific question about the, the solar plane. It'll, it'll come back to me though. Oh, that's what it was. So I saw the propeller that I thought I saw your team messing with when we were looking for you originally to get this interview uh-huh. i think we just saw your team because you just left uh, i remember the team was messing with a pretty big like propeller yeah how big is the propeller on it oh man so we're, we're experimenting with several different uh props i think the final one is gonna be like i don't want to say 18 inches it's definitely not gonna be that whoa big. probably thir- i think it was 13 inches um and it's gonna be foldable Oh, whoa. Foldable. Foldable, yep. So you have uh, the, the center of it, it rotates, and then you have two uh, hinges, and the props hook up to that uh, with clevis pins because you don't want fasteners because if you get the compression forces, then the, the wings can't fold back, or the props. Whoa. That's fancy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's something I didn't know about until I, I started going more into RC that they had that kind of stuff. But it makes sense. It's how, pretty cool. How many uh, RPMs does it spin at? Oh, man, it's high up there. I think we were just doing prop tests like two hours ago, and I think we were getting up to 11,000, 18,000. Oh, 11,000? Yeah. Is that directly from the motor? Yeah. 
Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, no gearbox. We were thinking about doing gearboxes, but we probably won't need anything like that. Whoa. And so how much so how much power does or do all the solar panels generate? Um, each solar panel generates, I think, 0.65 volts. Um, and I don't know what the total voltage will be. We're about we're gonna place about um, place 28 solar cells along the wing. We're trying to get as much as we can. Mm-hmm. As much surface area as possible, yeah. right? Yeah. Whoa. And so how much how much voltage does the uh, the motor draw? A lot. Um, <laughs> we're we're gonna be the motor we have currently is what came with the aircraft that we uh, ordered, and it's optimized for climbing. So the thought is to climb and then shut the engine off and the props pulled back and then you just, you know, glide along the wind. And that's um, why you have the thermal targeting, right? So you can find those updrafts. Yeah, yeah. That's something we'll probably implement towards the end because it's like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are you allowed to do that? We can, but that's not our mission statement. So like like, like I said, it's just to fly on solar power. It's a bonus. Um, yeah, so at the, in the end, when we really want to flex our flight time, then we'll start Im- implementing that. Oh, yeah. So you're going in with the we're going to win mentality. Uh, yes. I think, Attaboy. I, I think we're going to do pretty well. Attaboy. Um, based off our, our uh, estimates on MATLAB, uh, I hate Mallet. I can't do it. We have somebody else on our team doing it. He's a, he's a wizard. He's a wizard with it. Um, and we got estimates of about 18 hours, but that we're using, we're using input values that aren't, they're arbitrary right now. 18 hours of flight? Yeah. What? Weren't you trying to hit 120 minutes? 120 minutes passed, yeah. But so, so So this is with, we're not in, in, including parasitic drag from the fuselage. This is like ideal. Yeah, this is like. This the, is your Carno engine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Whoa. Um, but we're probably going to see somewhere close to maybe like five to six hours based off what we've seen other researchers do. So if we get to that, I'll be very happy. It's also hard to account for like the the, the amount of sunlight and like the yeah. weather that day yeah. and like the sun, like the amount of like. Because I'm sure everything affects it, like probably like humidity, humidity like yep. the um, uh, I can't the UV index of the day, yep. wind you know, speed, the wind speed. Yeah, I was about Pollution, to say, yeah, uh, everything. Yeah. yeah, smog. Smog. Whoa, that's yep. that. I mean, that's so many factors. I don't know if it's you're probably not able to account for all of them accurately. We're making a lot of assumptions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all engineering is, baby. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but um. It's it, yeah the MATLAB code is is crazy. We even actually have the irritants uh, of the uh, the day. So we, we got some information from the Bend weather station and we put that in MATLAB code and we have a nice little graph where it shows oh, like the, cool. the radiance throughout the day. Oh so, so really? So we have like the perfect time to start flying. What time is that? Uh, like right at sunrise. Right at sunrise. Uh, <laughs> after because we want that angle of the sun. Oh yeah. Mm. Yep. Man, the, yeah the. I think we should maybe we should strap some solar panels to our rocket. <laughs> where are we gonna put them though? That's a great question. On the, fin. On the fins, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, should, we should make our fin, yeah. Then they're gonna feel the the the, the aerodynamic force. That's true. All the off. Oh, yeah, man. all the vibrations and everything. What if we, yeah. put it on the uh, drag chute? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah, put little uh, just dangling. I yeah, wonder. Just... I wonder how many. I wonder how. Oh, it's what three point seven volts, nine hundred milliamp hours. I wonder how many solar panels it would take to detonate one of our black powder charges. Oh, whoa. Detonate black powder? What? Yeah. So, this isn't our interview, but we oh, have yeah. we have <laughs> black powder charges in our rocket for Whoa. for uh, separation. separation. Yeah. Oh. You know okay. when you're deploying the, yeah, the yeah, shoot yeah. and, and the so shoots and all Nathaniel that. Nathaniel and I, he's the aero recovery propulsion lead, and I'm on aero recovery propulsion, and 
we've been messing heavily with the the computer that runs all of it called the Telemega. Uh-huh. It's like a six hundred dollar device. We're just like carrying around in cardboard boxes and like <laughs> I have mine at home in like a gum container. Just tossing it <laughs> over the couch. Yeah, and so like you basically just like plug in these channels and then you can fire them and oh, it'll like ignite. So we have LEDs to show our our ignite our ignition of them. Simulate it. Yeah, and so we have to hold like this wand and aim it at the rocket as it goes up. Oh, that's what that is. To track. Yeah, yeah. The uh, they're called a. Oh, yoga. is that it right there? Yeah. That's six hundred dollars. Nathaniel has pulled out the. Yes. Oh yeah, I even have put I put attached a little uh, key switch to it. Wow. So that we could turn it on and off. Externally from the rocket. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that's six hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, we have two yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they're out of stock. Uh, we actually. Uh, well, I guess they're technically ours. They're heritage because we took them from last year's uh, aviation. Or uh, the avionics. recovery avionics bay, yeah. That's like cool. the scavengers we are. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we, I peeled that switch off of the old avionics bay this morning. Wow. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, they, they left us a, a ton of legacy stuff that we kind of okay. rifled through. We and, have to. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah we have to. You can do with what you got. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's 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 another great topic too. Is like it because you're a new team, you don't have that you don't have that bonus. Yeah, n- yeah, no legacy, but in some ways we're kind of we're kind of lucky with that um, because then we get to make the rules and we get to you that's know, true. Find new stuff <laughs> that's and, true, and all that, and our expectations are low. But we're trying. Goals high, expectations low. Yeah. yeah. You will but, never be surprised. And also, like, <laughs> like next year, you guys are going to be seen as, like, the founding fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're really trying to take a, a lot of care into uh, providing as much information to the next team. Because with DBF, uh, a lot of the struggles that I saw was the legacy. There wasn't any, like, much legacy there from the previous teams, you know, giving the information. So it was like each new year they would have to go through the stuff and see what they had and catalog it and then figure out how to use an RC or, or a little um, motor uh, test stand and stuff. And uh, it, that really just drains a lot of time. So having a legacy that is like reliable and you can uh, go through documents and you know where everything is from the get-go is pretty critical. Yeah, I was about to say the uh, maybe the the future uh, solar plane team lead is listening to this podcast right now. Oh, man. I hope so. That'd be kind of cool. That would be kind of cool, right? Like a little callback to, to, to you, <laughs> the old team lead and part of the original founding fathers. <laughs> Do you have a uh, inspirational speech planned? Oh no! I You're supposed to give us in the email. Oh. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, did you not? Did you not get the the uh, the care package we sent with the wine? No, the, I got a carrier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it came and it was feathers were all messed up. It was. Oh yeah, that's. You guys sent that. That's kind of, kind that's of Jeremy. Oh, okay. That's from our. That's actually from our European branch. We were okay. out of carrier pigeons here. <laughs> we actually sent we sent one off for to get Buzz uh-huh. Buzz Aldrin. Uh-huh. Buzz and I are we're good friends. Oh, like, yeah. First name basis. First name basis. Buzz. Uh, but Buzz Buzz is a little bit busy. He was. Wishing uh, President Joe Biden a happy birthday, so he couldn't make it. So you know, you were second best. Okay, oh, I'm happy I could fill in the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we appreciate you being here. It's it's amazing because like we we get like the the surface level right for yeah. each project, but getting getting people like you and the other AIAA uh, members in to talk about like their experience on the team and like what you're doing and like how you need help uh, and like how you've learned from old teams or how yeah. you're learning as a new team is uh it's impressive and i think it's really inspiring to people who are getting interested in this kind of stuff yeah yeah i going like like i said going to going to the dbf it's like you go in and you don't know anything and then um i guess you take the class you take 415 and then you're also you're around like some of the smartest people in the school and it's 
you see what they're presenting and then i mean when you guys present i'm like what the heck is going on i mean that's also <laughs> what we're thinking too yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah so literally. it's cool seeing both perspectives but um yeah it, it's it's neat i love it but uh back to the competition uh where is it going to be held at the final competition um there so there is no competition um but there, there is one we could have done uh, but we didn't meet the first rule which is uh, teams of six and we're a team of eight um, and so NASA holds that, that competition. Um, and so we, we're not, we're not going to do that because like I said, we're first year. So we're trying to generate all the baseline, uh, data that we can give for the next year's team to hopefully do that competition. I was going to say is the first rule. Don't talk about fight club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not exactly, but that kind of stinks yeah. though, that you have too many people. Yeah. But it also feels like it's not enough. I could not imagine doing this with six. Like it's pretty hard with eight, but with six, that would, Yeah. That would yeah. You have the same amount of members that we do. Really? Yeah, we just have eight people. We have some volunteers, but uh, they're they're not working like on the rocket stuff with us. Yeah. We have the opposite problem though. We need more people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need well. We we we're making do. We're all mechanical and aerospace. Uh, do you have at least like a ECE? Oh yeah, we have an EE. Thank God we have an EE. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Must be nice. Uh, must be nice. We're kind of learning off the cuff. Um, uh, all the electrical stuff that we got to do. I got some experience with like systems and electrical diagrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of carrying me through. But every once in a while, I got to go to go to work and be like, "Hey, <laughs> help a brother out." Yeah. <laughs> Is Fundies carrying you guys. Say again. E Fundies two hundred one two hundred two. Oh no no no! I took that. Um, I took that over. Me three fifty one honestly has been the the oh, godsend. Oh yeah, me three fifty one. I'm in that right now. How do you like it? It's that's a that's a good class. I mean, like I, like I never go to lectures, but the labs are like super, 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 super helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I hate that kind of stuff, but I took that class and I was like, oh my god, I, there's so much I can do with this. Yeah, I learned yeah. more about coding and exactly um, just electrical like, work in general. How in that computers class work? Then yeah. eFundies, then the MATLAB class, intermediate dynamics, mm -hmm. more than all of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Have you taken it? 351? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I took it last year. He hasn't taken it. Oh, you got taking it. it right now. You oh, are? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're both in the same class. We're in class. the same class, yeah. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been up very early, so my brain is not functioning on all all, all cylinders here. <laughs> I don't have enough I don't have enough solar power. <laughs> but that, yeah, that class, for those of you that are listening, that class, it, we, we kind of, it's like a joke. We kind of meme on it, but it's probably one of the best classes to learn, like, how all the well, it's called intro to instrumentation. What a mm -hmm. surprise that it helps show you what everything works. Yeah. But it shows you like how coding works with like the bits and all that. But it, yeah, all it, like it makes you think about problems on a more of a sensor level, like yeah. the data like collection level to actually get things going. Yeah. It's amazing. I love the kit they, they give. Sorry, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, the like, big uh, kit. That was one of the classes that was got me my job. That I'm really? Doing right now, I'm doing uh, mechanical systems engineering huh? for HVAC systems. Whoa. And I'm like, hey, you know, I haven't graduated yet. Um, I have to take heat transfer and all my aerospace stuff and my capstone. Um, and they're like, did you take ME351? And I'm like, yes. What'd you get? I got an A. Can you be here tomorrow? I'm like, all right. <laughs> they asked specifically for they, that class? They asked specifically because they're, oh, they're, they're not cool. in town, but they're, I'm actually not sure if I should tell them, but they're, but they're in Oregon. So Redact. they have a bunch of other uh, alumni that work there. Wow. And it's a great place. Um, and I love working there, and there's a, a, it's a good environment. But they're very familiar with what kind of goes on, on on the student end because they have a lot Smart. of alumni there, and they're like, hey, do you have what you need? You know, um, I took thermo, you know, past that. Then, but the big thing was the intro and the instrumentations. Interesting. You got the mm. stuff. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, so that's like one of the most important skills I feel for any engineer or upcoming mechanical engineer is uh, you can figure out Arduino. Arduino, <laughs> yeah. I was doing Arduino in like for fun just to practice because I figured it'd be helpful for projects for like my dad and myself, and it's come in a lot of handy uh, for this class. So, dang, that's cool. So you just you just said I had, I took your fifty one and you're just hired just like that. Well, so uh, I, w- I was intern interning first for a chemical systems uh, place. Oh. So they you know chemical pumps, uh, pipes, systems, sensors, flow meters, things like that. That was all you know what I was doing for interning, and uh, I needed a little bit more scratch. So I was yeah. like applying for some other jobs, and I I found that the Indeed link with like mechanical engineer. I'm like, there you go. Screw it, I'll apply. And then they called me in the next day going, hey, can you come in for an interview? I'm like, you bet you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> you, you betcha. You betcha, yeah, you know. Wow. Um, and then, like, yeah, I'm not graduated yet. Yeah. Um, so how much of that class do you use in your everyday today job? The theory? Every day. Every day. Wow. So, because it's uh, systems engineering. Wow. So, um, big, so how the brain connects with all, all the limbs. That's yeah, how yeah. I like to think of it. So you got, you're, you're working with the brain and then all the troubleshooting that you do is what's being connected. So you got like a temperature sensor that's not pinging. Okay, well, what's wrong with the temperature sensor? Wow. Did someone mess with it? Is it a power issue? Is it um, some other issue? Sometimes it'll just be because they're daisy-chained all yeah. over the place or how it's initially set up. Wow, that's like the entire class. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it's like the beginning. of yeah, the Power sensors, noisy, late, or wrong. Yeah, 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 exactly. And all of that comes in handy because you have to troubleshoot. And basically all of that... You know, when you're if when you're not building something new, you're going back to old clients, yeah. and all of that is troubleshooting. Wow. You know, I think the PID control stuff is actually probably one of the coolest. I like the PID. The P- I actually understand the PID I very well. <laughs> I don't understand like the math behind it, but the whole process of how it works, I think, is really interesting. Oh, just yeah. wait. Have you guys gotten to the uh, computer learning? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we're we're just past that. Actually, I think we're on to the the final project portion now. Yes. Oh, what do you, so what are you guys doing for the final project? Because I know it's me. For me, it was different. We got to do like whatever we wanted as long oh, as it's that. Oh, that you're so lucky. Cool. Yeah. They, they limited it was my me. class. Or no, you want me to go? All right, so but wait, Kyle was talking. Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Okay, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't wasn't quite sure. Um, they limited uh, the class that I took to like three different projects, where oh, the, like man. you have a door opener, and then you have to do something with the humidity sensor, and then like one other, but I can't really remember. So I I did a, um, so you, uh, backtracking. You were supposed to do like a subscale uh, idea for uh-huh. a larger scale idea. Uh-huh. If that makes any sense. Prototype. Um, yeah, like a prototype. And uh, I set up a system for a uh, humidity like uh, sensor for a greenhouse. Ooh. So it would be a controlled environment. So it would detect the temperature and the humidity um, and then react to two different, um, a, a servo and a motor based off of uh, the, the input from there. Okay, and so you're controlling the relative humidity within the environment? Mm-hmm. So like one would be like the AC, which would have more moist air, and one would be a something with dry air. Okay. You know, so you would be pumping in and out um, different humidity levels. That's cool. And it would all react, you know, fairly well. It was kind of hard to test because the humidity, I was basically just blowing on it like, ah, <laughs> 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 please work. <laughs> uh, it, took, it took me a little while, but I was pretty proud of it, honestly, because it was one of the things that I didn't actually get a whole lot of help on. And yeah. I did it almost entirely by myself. Yeah. I'm like, hey. The most rewarding. It is. It was really rewarding because a, a lot of the times I had to struggle through a lot of the theory. I'm more of a hands-on oh, person. Yeah, I need to too. see it 
and like work with it in my hands, which was great for for, for that class. Yeah, yeah. But like eFundies, it's just like magic to me. But. Yeah, two hundred one was cool, and then two hundred two, I was like, I I'm checking out. Like this is imaginary power. Like what? Yeah. Oh my lord! Don't even get me started <laughs> about that fake power thing. But yeah, like once real. I got through that and then was able to like work it, I'm like, oh, well, things are making sense. My but, brain must have a lot of impedance because not a lot of <laughs> not a lot of voltage went by. Yeah. So what about you guys? So you guys have a different system now? Or are you guys able to completely choose your own projects? You want to talk about yours? Mine's yeah, pretty sure. lame. Um, so I guess for this year, there's five different projects you can choose from. One of them is like a dehydration sensor huh. where like it senses when you're dehydrated and, and you're supposed to somehow tell the user you need to drink water. Whoa, it's my um, eye watch. Drink technology. it, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> there's another one that's... Uh, a fitness i forgot exactly what it was in the fitness realm but it's like a step counter right it might be a step counter something we, we, like did, that. we did a step counter for one of the labs i don't know if it's that might be it, adding on to that because they do that a lot sometimes maybe something to do I with fitness recall. um another one was an edm robot so it's just like edm robot like a dancing yeah, robot yeah yeah exactly yeah, so what you add the lights to it music. and like a servo and you just make the servo like turn left and right to the beat of music and the lights will like flash to beat of music. Oh, wow. Um, and then the the other one is an IMU or like a stabilizing um, device. Okay. And so my project is actually kind of going off of that stabilizing device, but more for a camera. So oh. we're developing a gimbal. a gimbal. We're using a yeah gyroscope with a servo motor. And we don't have the camera on it because it would be a lot more complex yeah. than our time frame that we have to turn in the project. And expensive, I guess. <laughs> Actually, kind of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but right now we just have the bare bones of the Arduino. We have the gyroscope, and we got our gyroscope reading our degree and tilt, so our yaw pitch roll. Cool. And we also have our acceleration being re- read in, so that way if we're going too fast, the camera won't actually take a shot. Oh. Uh, and we're, we're simulating the camera with an LED currently. Yeah, yeah. So we have a red LED and then we have a white LED. Red LED means the camera won't go off. White one, when it flashes, means camera flash. Gotcha. Um, and then basically this is going to be hooked onto a kite to simulate like a drone or yeah, a, yeah, yeah. some type of aircraft. And as the, the kite moves up, the servo will move the camera to stay stable at some location. So that way cool. if it goes up, it'll just stay like that wow. or something. Yeah, that's uh, neat. But yeah, that's our project. Sounds like a lot, like a lot cooler than what I did. Yeah, it sounds a lot cooler <laughs> than the one I'm doing too. You bring it on your on your sensors. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, I feel like I got cheated. <laughs> yeah, my partner and I just chose. Uh, we chose the. Oh, you guys are getting partners. Yeah. We so, had to do it on our own. Did you have to do it? On I your did own it on too? my own. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had some help with a friend. Though. We chose the. It's like a. It's I forgot the name of it, but basically it's like a distinct control device. And originally, our project plan included a little joystick, and I was going to wire up it to be, or I was going to wire it up to be analog stick, IR, communicating with my Arduino, Nano, because I have Nanos at home, and I would do an IR signal to another Arduino, and it would control a little the little LED grid screen. Yeah. And I got it to work. I actually showed Nathaniel. I actually got it to work with the little joystick and a button, and every time I pressed the button, it would even play a little Mario Jump sound bite <laughs> as a buzzer. Boing. Yeah, it would make it would do all of the right tones for it. Oh, that's cool. But then as she got back to us, uh, our professor, and she's like, yeah, this won't actually work. Like, the these sensors aren't good enough, essentially. Or, like, we couldn't use them because it didn't fit, like, the project plan. Dude, oh, the same thing happened with me on my project. Yeah. And so my partner and I went back to the drawing board, and I was like, all right. She's like, well, the our professor was like, eh, IR is probably too complicated. And I've done IR stuff before, but I didn't want to sink time and do it, especially yeah. when I bought third-party sensors that have no data sheet. 
for the Arduino usage, so I don't even know half, half of what I need to for it. So we're going back to the drawing board, and we're going to try to control computer mouse with it, and we need a specific Arduino Leonardo for that, hmm. which has this capability to control the through like a micro USB that plugs in. Excuse me. And so... <laughs> I bought one of those from from Amazon, and I have it shipped here. And I'm not—I haven't messed with it yet. I'm probably do that over Thanksgiving break because, believe it or not, this was recorded uh, on November 22nd. Yes. You do know you can borrow the Leonardos, right? I wanted one. Okay, I'm just saying you, you could have <laughs> borrowed one. They had them in lab. Save some money. I what money? <laughs> or you could have just borrowed it until your Leonardo got here. Yeah. Yeah. Up yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm really... a man of action. I really do feel cheated. All of these sound like much better ideas than my little my little garden I, thing. I wanted to do if I would have had my like own, I would have done my original wall switch idea with the mm-hmm. mechanical stepper motor. But this this Leonardo one, it, I, I'm excited about it. Um, we're gonna use two ultrasonic sensors, and we're gonna basically have the mouse go to a default position basically every single loop and then you're going to have two ultrasonic sensors that if you move your hand in front of one it moves it on the y axis and then hand in front of the other on the x axis and we're going to have like a way of blocking it so that it holds the mouse still and then a button to click that's cool i mean it'll it'll be interesting uh for sure i feel like the code probably won't be too murderous since (laughs) forget a bracket somewhere Oh man, the, yeah, the brackets are always like the best. Yeah. What I learned from that is if it does look nasty, you're probably doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot simpler than what you think it is. Oh yeah. And that that took me a hot minute to learn. We call it we call it ungo bungo code. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, we, I always joke with Nathaniel for our because uh, like we have to do a lot of MATLAB. I don't remember if you guys had to or not. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. The we FFT had, Fine Peaks. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh. We had to do a lot of MATLAB and. I always do things like the most ungo bungo way possible. And I always joke that I'm so MATLAB dumb that I'm like looking at my computer screen and like my <laughs> Neanderthal eyebrow is like growing as I'm like sitting there looking at the screen. Smash your head into the keyboard. Yeah, and like not understanding anything. I'm like, ooh, ooh, need Rockstar. Oh, I, I remember my my code. I got I got yelled at by the TA. She's like, why don't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Because I went to her for help. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't understand it. I was trying to make the, the like the graph. I was yeah. trying to get just the graph to work. I was getting the data just fine. I was trying to get all the graphs to go on there. Yeah, yeah. And there was like a special function that you had to do. That It's like three lines of code and we put it all there. I said, I'm not getting that to work. So I copy pasted the, the six different things. So we got go. it to work that way. Yes. So it was like 400 lines of code, <laughs> but it was just copy paste, copy paste, copy. Yeah, for one of the most <laughs> awesome. From one of the more recent labs, Nathaniel was trying to do his his like stepper motor interacting with like a, a photo a photo resistor with ungo bungo way, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Yes, majors right now are just like cringing. Yeah, so I was like, "What are you doing?" And then it turns out his code didn't work because there was a bad wire or something. No. So no. the, the uh, TA Lissette, shout out was like, "Yeah, go ahead, pass." That's like cool. I could see all your code and everything is good. You wired yeah. it up. It's just one of these stinky wires. Yep. Or like when, and, uh, and then and then I got home, switched out the wires, and it worked, and it worked perfectly. And wow. I was like, Bruh. well, that's like that's the uh, the there's the pedometer lab mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you do it with the LCD screen, and you like misplace like one wire, and it like reads like cling on to you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what are these symbols? Like these Egyptian hieroglyphics from there's like question marks in there? It's so yeah, weird. it's like throwing like Arabic, like Norwegian symbols, <laughs> like Egyptian. You, I'm sure you there's some, a cu- demon. some cuneiform like... in there. Yeah. <laughs> 
I remember text forms over the LCD. Yeah. <laughs> I remember mine ended up looking like the Star Wars um, <laughs> code or whatever. Yeah, the, the Matrix. Different, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. The, the Matrix like... code. <laughs> yeah. there, there was a couple of people like that in my class. I was lucky because, well, maybe not so lucky because I'm like blind, so I'm like looking at it like this close. <laughs> like, for if the viewers cannot see, but he's like crossing his eyes, looking at his fingers. Veins <laughs> popping up. Because like, because yeah. uh, one of the warnings they told us is like, hey be really careful where you put your wires because you might fry your laptop. It's happened before. And I'm like, I can't afford it. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> Literally, when I read that, I was like, no. I am not <laughs> going to do this again. Wait, maybe that's what you did to your old laptop. That was not what I did to my old laptop. I don't know. That, that was not it. Could have been yeah, it. So I was super careful. Like, I, If it wasn't on a diagram and I didn't like triple check it beforehand, it wasn't yeah. getting plugged in. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That sucks so that you guys couldn't like, pick your own project. We had a lot of leeway with ours. Oh, I had so many ideas. Like, So I was working with flow sensors and stuff, so I, I had tons of ideas for different water treatments and oh, chemical cool. treatments and yeah. like, things like that. They should open it and, back up. And like I learned a ton with my my internship there, yeah, you know, yeah. like how to, like how like industrial things treated just water, you yeah, know, because yeah. um, Oregon is super uh, specific about how they we're want. wet. <laughs> yeah, we're wet. <laughs> well, even that because they're they're very environmentalist. So any industrial waste has to be treated just so. Oh, yeah. Um. So they have to have the exact pH. They have to have the exact like filter count. You know. And you're using so many, um, ah, what's the word? It was a polymer. It was a polymer blend that they use for um, filtration. Okay. So the polymer, polymer is going to stick to all the uh, debris, debris things like the, that, all the, the nasty stuff. things. All the bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll, it'll stick to all the bad stuff and then float to the bottom. And okay. then you have, you know, you run into a bunch of other things. Yeah. And I was coming up with like different ideas. I'm like, Why? hey, we can do it. <laughs> yeah, I would, like you can do like home uh, filtration systems or easy things like that. And you got a flow meter because you have like a before and after and you got a bypass. And, and I'm coming up with ideas. I'm like, I get to use what I learned from yeah. my inter interview or inter internship. And uh, the teacher's like, yeah, no. <laughs> you don't get to do that, fam. Oh, I'm like, ah. Oh. I hate it when the TAs do that. For, for my project, I wanted to make a um, RPM gauge for my car. So I was going to run a wire off my distributor cap and then run it through my, do a voltage step down because of probably the Arduino. <laughs> yeah. And then um, um, use the Arduino to uh, calculate the, the pulses that my spark plug was seeing and then convert that into RPM and then have a digital readout that I could put on my dash. And it met all the requirements except for the sensor input. She didn't like the, the fact that it was a distributed cap. Um, she wanted me to actually like read something. So I said I made a, uh, a speedometer for my, um, my bicycle. For your bicycle? For my bicycle. <laughs> That's what you said, the bicycle? Yeah. Yep. It was Fair enough. Easy. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, we're, we're getting off a little bit of the beaten path. One of the questions <laughs> that I wanted to ask you, um, I'm actually not sure if we asked the the other captains of this. Uh, nope. Maybe maybe we should. Um, you, you don't even know what I'm going to ask. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Um, so solar plane things like that. Um, do you have a interest like with that in the future, like uh, sustainable engineering that sort of thing? Oh yeah. Um, I think every field tries to aim for some kind of sustainable uh, uh, you know goal. Um, 
really reducing our carbon footprint is pretty critical for the future. So, yeah. <laughs> not 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 US aligned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, no, it's cuz we're, you know, government, you know. <laughs> yeah. We can't unfortunately be reusable. It's cool seeing rockets go up though. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> well, it's, it, yeah, it's like simulating a, a planetary launch, Yeah, you know? exactly. Like like a we're landing on a foreign body. Yeah, and then so, you can get stuff from asteroids and you can bring that back to Earth. Oh yeah. Don't get me started on that. Or you make <laughs> or you make a glorified I have, toy. I honest honest to God have a PowerPoint presentation on Asteroid Morning. Um that I can show you if you if you want. <laughs> we, should, we should we should send that out to the all of the loyal listeners out there. I've actually thought about asteroid mining as well as a company yes. well, business. Oh, so we starting one up? Oh no, you're you're late, you know. Um <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> there's a um funny story. So my dad went to IDC school with this one lady and she's married to the head engineer for a um yeah, I think it got absorbed into a different company, but it was a uh, it used to be a company up in Seattle called Planetary Resources. Oh, I heard of them. Yeah. And they were focused on trying to figure out how to asteroid mine safely. Like, So they were doing the uh, basically what SpaceX is currently doing like 10 years ago. They were trying to do it but with like less funding. And I got a tour and meet the engineers when I was like, in high school. And like, you know, I was going through because there are a bunch of ex NASA engineers that wow. wanted to, you know, go out and do their own thing. And I think I, I don't remember the, uh, the the drama involved with the the, the uh, you know getting eaten up by a bigger company. Yeah. But uh, I, I got to meet and talk with them and get a bunch of information from them, and it was awesome. Didn't like, they send a, a a thing up in space recently? That company. I know they did it a lot in high school, and I kind of stopped um, keeping up with them. Okay. But I'm sure they did. Okay. Because there, there's a, co- a bunch of companies now Still trying to count. figure out to to do the asteroid mining. Because yeah. some of those asteroids up there are just giant solid chunks of gold floating through there. <laughs> we, need those, we need those tasty minerals. Yeah. Literally we need, we every phone company is just like, give me the give me, give the me, gold. give me. Give it. Oh, maybe they'll yeah. drop the, the prices for GPUs. That'd be nice. Oh, yeah. Good luck, pal. I mean, <laughs> that you get a 3080. <laughs> also, think about it. Like, if you can do asteroid mining. Um, you don't have the mine for any actual earth minerals at all. The you value know? of gold will drop immediately. Well, there, there's your sustainability. Yeah, well, yeah, your sustainability. But, you know, like uh, people are... <laughs> would, that be, would that be sustainability if you're getting more resources to fund a problem? I, uh, I guess a good point. <laughs> well, like, like for the... Uh, a lot of people were complaining for the electric cars about, like, the lithium mines and yeah. things like that. Well, now you lithium is just falling from the sky. Yeah. Or all the things that you want to build things with are just falling from the sky. Like Hopefully not too much in one big mass. Well, yeah, not too much in one big mass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But some of the, the ideas floating out there are something that, like, absorbs and, like, goes around the uh, the asteroid. It noms and it. it. It just noms yeah. it. Like Pac-Man. And then... Um, <laughs> Uh, we'll just pick away at all the the minerals that they want, wow. and then they'll just have a factory in space that'll do what they want, and then and then drop. Yeah, then they'll just drop down uh, the the finished product or the the materials or whatever. Wow! And uh, that's why they want to build a uh, basically a gas station on the moon. Ooh. Yep. So, <laughs> is it gonna? Are we gonna have uh, organ rules where someone has to be an attendant? Give us our space gas. <laughs> I mean, probably because it's like uh, they wanted to get the water in the moon or something. Yeah, and uh, use that as the the fuel for the hydrogen. I have a fun fact that you just reminded me of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know if y'all knew this, but there was a there was a treaty signed sometime during the Cold War, where it was announced that no foreign body, no country, could 
own a planetary body. I'm sure everyone knows yeah, that, yeah. or that's like seemingly common sense, but there's a stipulation that it says any country. So one guy sometime in like the 60s or 70s was like, the moon mine. <laughs> I, I own the moon. And he filed like all the paperwork for it. Was that Gru? <laughs> from Despicable Me. I own the moon. The moon is mine. And so he, he basically filled out all the paperwork to like legally own the moon. And so he has been selling acreage Okay. <laughs> so it's like you can buy like one square acre, or an acre is squared. You can buy wow. one acre of uh, of moon land uh, for like thirty bucks, and you get like a certificate and all that. Oh man! I have totally thought about buying moon land. Is it, going, is it like the uh, the Scotland thing? I want to be a moon lord. Yeah. Oh, a moon lord, yeah. yeah. You own one square yard of moon land. You are lord of the moon. Yeah, What's the lord JJ. What was that? What's the property tax? Probably on that? enormous. <laughs> also, I'm never going to be able to use that land. Well, yeah. maybe one day. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, within like the next fifty years. I mean, that's know. my goal. They can. I, I'd send me up to the moon. I'll be the gas attendant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, though. Like, what? I don't mind that they like build on like the dark side of the moon, but like, if you look at the moon and you know, you know, now it's all you know, beautiful, gorgeous, or something. In fifty years or hundred years or whatever, you look at the moon and it's like a bunch of like. Advertisements. Advertisements. <laughs> like, it's the big billboards. Because you, you know that's going to what, what they're going to use it for. Yeah. It's going to be like a big old Amazon. <laughs> Prime now. <laughs> yeah, it's Jeff Bezos up there giving a big thumbs up. Yeah, something like that. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, of course. Space advertisement. I mean, they were already, I remember years ago, they were trying to do it with like uh, like small CubeSats, like forming like a big grid, mm-hmm. essentially with an image on it. Oh, man. I don't think it ever worked. Kind of like what they do with drones for oh, drone shows. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, if there's money to be made, they'll do it. Oh, mm-hmm. of course. It's going to be like Overlord Musk going, mm, buy Tesla. It would be, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy Tesla. It would be pretty cool to have like that something, like I've, I've seen images where it's like obviously a fake rendering, but where it's imagining Earth had like a ring around it, like Saturn. Yeah, and I've seen so that. It's so cool to see that rendering where, it's so sci-fi. like, if you're on the equator, you just see like this line, like this mm-hmm. thin line throughout the sky. And then if you're like slightly higher up in like a uh, your latitude, you can see like the the horizon of the ring. That would be so cool. I actually don't even remember the the diameter of the outer ring total. I mean, it's probably uh, it's probably massive, it's huge. It'd be like going through the moon if it was like Saturn yeah. sized. <laughs> I, I remember one thing where it's like if you get up close to the the rings of any planetary body, um, the asteroids are like miles, like millions of miles yeah. apart, or maybe not millions of miles, but like many you could, a mile. You could pass through the asteroid belt without having to worry about. Yeah, for the asteroid belt, they're at least greater than one mile apart each. Mm-hmm. At that, I do know. There's, there's plenty of room, you know, yeah. <laughs> if you know they're, where they are. They're at least one mile apart. That I could say. <laughs> That I can say with certainty, in fact. You can fact check me on that. You can At email least. me with your you can email me if you don't like that. Greater than or equal to Well last last week I, I okay, here's a good we should ask everyone that comes on the podcast this question. Oh, oh god. You first, since you weren't here last week. Okay. Is Pluto a planet? No. <laughs> it's it's smaller than the moon. It's it's a plutoid. Dwarf. Why do you look at me? <laughs> Why do you so, I'm just scanning the audience for any sort of naysayers so we can throw them out of the dungeon. I did not say it was well, a planet it is, or it, it is, wasn't a planet. I was just playing it, devil's advocate. It is advocate. a plutoid. It is, mm. it, is, it, is, it is less like a planet than it is like something else. So I think they were totally right in saying that it's a, it's a plutoid. It's its own thing. So we, we can say a plutoid is a planet, but 
Um, a plutoid is a plutoid. I'll just listen to what the uh, smart people will say about that. Isn't that what, like, literally what I said last week? And then I kept <laughs> wishy-washy back and forth. Literally. And, then I, I, and then I agreed that like, that it's not a planet. And anyone can email me angrily, but they'll be wrong. If they change it, if they change it tomorrow, that's bad. Back- yeah, then I'd be like, yes, yeah, I've, yeah, already, yeah. I've always yeah. said it was a planet. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, it's proof because of the podcast. I don't know. That was, that was my twin brother. Because like Pluto can like fit inside like Rhode Island or something. Right? I mean, can but it? in the same in the same respect, Mercury is also like very very small. Not as small as that. It's close, but also Mercury has cleared its own orbit though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what hasn't? Pluto. 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 Loser planet. Speaking Fake of planet. that, didn't for a while I I'm not super knowledgeable in like the space stuff. I probably should. Um, but didn't they say there was like a Planet X or something? Oh, that was like, this. So, yeah. yeah, I was about to say, in 2012, they talked about it. Nibiru, or Vulcan, they called it Planet X for Planet 10, even mm-hmm. though it would technically be Planet 9 because Pluto doesn't count, but we won't yeah. talk about that. <laughs> so, well, actually, no, there's there's what? Let me do math really quick. Mm-hmm, 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 I see the smoke coming out of nice his head. <laughs> right there. The gears are grinding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, okay, when well, CPU is at like 86 <laughs> degrees and there's Celsius. A, there's nine planets, right? With Neptune, nine, right? No, no, Pluto would have been the nine, so there's eight. Right yeah, here. so it would be, mm-hmm. wait. I'm scared to say anything because I don't want to look. All right, so okay, <laughs> hang on, hang on. We're all smart, I promise. <laughs> we're not We're not idiots, we're just incompetent. Okay, where's Mercury? Yeah. Uh, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. That is eight. So Pluto, it would be quote, quote. planet IX. Okay, so it would be planet IX because Pluto doesn't count, as I was saying. Nibiru, they also called it. And I remember all these fake images in 2012 where people were like, oh, this is from Niemeyer Station in Antarctica. Look, you can see it. And it's like this, like, obviously, like, crappily rendered picture of, like, a planet, like, super close to Earth, like, bigger than the moon. Yeah. They're like, look, it's going to take us out. <laughs> and I was like, are you, I was like, come on, are you serious? <laughs> like, you really don't think that people would be getting, like, pulled off the Earth at that point, you yeah. know? <laughs> but, yeah, they, they've theorized that Planet X exists out there that has, like, a super eccentric orbit. Hmm. Yeah, because they were saying something about the the orbit of Pluto wasn't quite making sense to what it should be. So there's something out there. There was, was another mass. They, they always say stuff like that. Pluto's oh, out here know. growing legs and doing like a song and dance at this point. <laughs> well, there's like there's Nobody's so looking. many different like planetoids and like dwarf planets. Like so many out in the solar system. Like I'm sure that all of the stuff in the Kuiper Belt just kind of like tickles each other and then dances off into the middle of the interstellar void. <laughs> yeah. Woo! And so like, baby. yeah. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime girl. But yeah, they, that's like Nibiru, they, Planet X. They got all these, the people like, people have talked about Get me all started again. I know. I see you in the, soap, the soapbox is coming out of the Yeah, box. I know. <laughs> <laughs> People have talked about uh, a second sun that is actually like we're in a binary star orbit, but the second sun is called Nemesis, which is a pretty awesome name. And that it's like going to swing through the solar system like every like 10 million years and like throw us all out of out of whack. That doesn't make any sense because the Earth is like, what, 3 billion years old? It's, and life has been on there for, it's, for a it's, bit of that. I, my numbers are not, I haven't memorized them, but the nemesis theory is that there's like a, a second star somewhere out there that's going to come and fling us into into nothingness. This I would just kill us all, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Something is a deadly laser. And we just no. get thrown out into space. I mean, that would be pretty sick for a little bit. This is why dinosaurs? Like... Yeah, just like, the di- <laughs> just like those delicious dinosaur steaks out there somewhere. 
Yeah, this is why I like planes. This is a uh, because every time I go down the rabbit hole of space, it just keeps going. Oh yeah, it's terrifying. It keeps, keeps us up going. at night. And go- yeah, it's just like, so much we don't <laughs> just know. Just talking about the the gamma rays. Oh no, gamma ray burst. We might not have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say gamma ray burst. Look it up. Vela one satellite. Fake nuclear explosion off of South Africa. Uh-huh. You'll get there. I promise. I promise, buddy. We, we can't Vela spend another forty-five minutes yeah, on that. How, how yeah, long is that going to get me sucked in? I don't want to like very. Just, yeah, it'll or, make you just fear. Tell, tell them the part that keeps you up at night, then. Oh, okay. So basically, these, <laughs> the largest explosion in the universe—they're happening like literally all the time. Largest source of like gamma radiation in the universe and like if one of them even gets within like I think oh, it's no. uh, like a light no, year it's like this. a black hole level thing that like if it happened to us with the, it's like if on. it gets like even within like I don't know the exact math like a light year of earth it just like roast the atmosphere off so we're just having bullets whiz by us yeah, yeah pretty well, much but also it's like <laughs> so we're very like they're lucky hap- they're also like happening like because there's not a star near enough to us that it could like it doesn't have enough solar mass to happen uh-huh. but like they're probably like happening like once probably happened like a hundred thousand light years away it's just a matter of time baby I don't like enjoy that. it while it lasts I know I'll see Yolo. you in 999,999 years yeah dude I'm gonna that's gonna keep me up I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight <laughs> well <laughs> just waiting for the, the I'll be with you because I'll be working <laughs> <laughs> yeah the gamma ray burst stuff nuts wild Someone brought up something else, but I forgot about it. <laughs> it's just space topics. Oh, space I was going to talk about, um, you bring up space being a rabbit hole. You know what's a real rabbit hole? Think about the micro scale. Of just anything? Yeah. So like atoms, what are they made up of? All the like electrons, neutrons. Mm-hmm. And what are those made up of? Oh, uh, uh, like the God particle and stuff? Yeah, keep going. Keep going. What are those made up of? I don't of? know what's after that. It's oh, like your, you got your quarks. I, I, we went, I saw yeah, the quarks and stuff. I saw a picture on Time Magazine, the God Higgs, particle. The Higgs boson. I was boson. like, okay, well, I'm not going to go any farther. Yeah, it's like, you get, it's, like, it's like quarks, and then what are quarks made up of? And then like somewhere in there is the Higgs boson. It's like, well, that, what's that made of? And then you keep going down. What's that made of? What's that made of? It's like you think about this micro universe. You think about this. I'm going to blow everyone's minds oh, again. You think about this micro universe. <laughs> you keep going down smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And theoretically, it's like a fractal, right? It's infinite. The more you zoom in, the bigger it's there. Right, like the right. more down you go. Think about it like this. Think about if you were to zoom out from our universe. What if we're the exact size of one of these tiny particles in someone else's universe? Uh, that's always running in the back of my head. Think about it. That was totally a Rick and Morty Except- episode. 100%. Was it? <laughs> I have to Isn't this think- the premises of Ant Man? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is. You just shrink essentially until you hit the bottom layer of whatever the universe is. But then think about the bottom layer. What's that made of? Yeah. Relativity. Mine blown. Yeah. Ugh. Relative. Everything's relative. Oh, Chris. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just stick to my air vehicles. Yes. How, how many minds have we broken on this podcast? I know. We got we got uh, Luke and we got Chris so far. You guys should have a kill count for that. <laughs> yeah. In the blown. dungeon? Yeah. Mine's, mine's blown, blown in the dungeon. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. I like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know we but, come in with all these topics, these these horrifying realizations. I, I know, I swear I've told everyone about the gamma ray burst that's come on so far. Yeah, it's I think pretty interesting. <laughs> it is. It's like in the way that we discovered I mean, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about a lot of weird right. things. Like uh, That's what's fun. The second episode we were talking about like man mistakes. Oh, and man, and everyone become crab. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> become crab. Yes, that we, bloke, broke Luke's mind. Uh, yeah. Carsonization. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the most mind-blowing thing I've ever learned with aeros- or like aviation. Yeah, please, stuff. please. Um, when you got when you're at Ames, did you ever go to the boneyard that they had with all the like prototype planes that they had? Dude, there's some wild ones out there. They had a, a Blackhawk that had two jet engines on the side and a, and a and a wing, 
Um, and they were just trying to test uh, uh, making it like a it's pretty much like a VTOL aircraft, but with a stock like uh, helicopter. What? what? And that that's still there. Really? Yeah, it just doesn't have the prop on it. It's missing the engines, but the wing is still there and the main body is still there. Wait, so turning a Blackhawk into like a like almost a VTOL. Yeah. So it had yeah the two vertical the takeoff and landing for those yeah, who yeah, don't yeah. know. I think Lockheed's doing something with that right now. Um, Stinky works. I know that they stink <laughs> works. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. I've never Stinky heard any. Works. I'm calling it that from now Stinky on. Stinky works. Oh, that's great. No, no. But I, I know that they did their first autonomous flight a couple days or a couple mo- weeks oh, ago. Oh, the Blackhawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird, dude. That was really weird. Yeah. What do you think of? What do you think of? Uh, like, have you thought about trying? Wait. So you will have someone flying your solar plane, right? Yep. Have you thought about trying to make it autonomous? Oh, we're going to. Oh, you are. We are. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to use a thing called Artipilot, and I I think I hit on this earlier, but um, yeah, so we can pretty much send it up, and it controls all the servos, all the control surfaces, the uh, the motor, and we can uh, program it to fly a a path via nodes on, like, Google Maps. Oh, okay. You did did mention part of that then. Yeah, yeah. Man, that stuff, yeah, the autonomous, doing autonomous stuff like that as well. So I guess after OSU, what is your dream job? My dream job would, well, if we're really doing dream job, it'd be Skunk Works. Like those guys. Stinky are, Works. St- stinky Works. Dude, <laughs> stinky works. <laughs> that's gonna be the episode title. Yeah. Stinky Works. Yeah. Stinky Works. <laughs> yeah, that stuff is cool. Um, you haven't gotten to the museum at at uh, Moffat Field yet, right? Uh, what, is that the one of the gift shop? That's the one that, that I volunteer at on Moffat Field. Okay, so this is I'm gonna get specific here. So the the drive-in. Driving in. You got the left, which is like the employee, and then straight, like straight. you go towards like the the, the space one. bar, right? Yeah, and yeah. The, the big blimp hangar. Yeah. Where's the Where is this the right next it? to the hangar? It's that. Oh, right next to the hangar. Yeah, and there's like a there's a U two, there's a H one seven Cobra, there's an F eighteen that used to be on, uh, part of the Blue Angels, um, and then there's a BT thirteen, and a couple. And where's this? Uh, Bay Area. Sunnyvale. Sunny- yep. Gotcha. I'm trying to remember. I may have seen it. It was what 2019. Three years ago, am I old? <laughs> I think I'm old. Um, there, there. I remember seeing they had a the first, the very first model of Ingenuity there, oh, the copter. Yeah, and I got to see it in the wind tunnel too. Oh wow! And they were talking. That that's like the 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 biggest thing that I remember was seeing Ingenuity right there in like the world's largest wind tunnel. Yeah, and so them talking. You got to go in there. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. Because I've seen pictures, I have pictures of, somewhere of it. I have. There's pictures of the museum with that F-18 I mentioned, uh, doing high angle of attack. Uh, in that wind tunnel. In that wind tunnel, and it's just. I mean, that plane's already huge, and then to have it go up at like 30 degrees is just wild. And Jeez. then the the whole building still encompasses it. It looks like you could fit three more around it. It's I, nuts. I don't remember either. It was one of the times I was there. They had it on for a brief period when we were Whoa. close to it, and uh, it's funny that like it creates like such a like a. A crazy like vector of air that people will like play games out in front of the giant wind tunnel really yeah when it's on and like it's like you get like this i'm trying to remember exactly what they were playing it might have been soccer or they could do like air hockey essentially like kicking it. into the wind yeah mm-hmm. oh, that's neat. yeah it was that wind tunnel uh, i don't know if have you guys ever seen pictures of it nope. i'm trying to remember Jamie, how big it, it is <laughs> isn't it like a it's like it's like 60 by 120 feet. It's, like, it's unreal. You can see it. Look. I'd look it up, but I have no cell phone. <laughs> to like run a test. So, yeah, so How much see. does it cost to like run a test? I have no idea. Probably I don't think you can. I think they have specific ones for testing, which are smaller, like a 60 by 80. But that one is like, like they did the, pretty sure they did Perseverance uh, parachute tests in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did like the, the big, big, big ones. They also have something called the Ames Vertical Gun Range. 
Yep. Which is like literally just a big gun that shoots a pellet at like uh, reentry speeds. Woohoo. And I got to see them fire it. That's a test impacts, right? Yeah. Yep. And it is nuts. Like, it's just like you see like the small, like, I don't even know if it's tungsten. You see like the small ball of something Whoa. and you see them like put it in and then like they put like something in the chamber which is like, I think they, they pull vacuum on it. Mm-hmm. You see like something in a chamber and then like they sh- they shoot it and then it's just like nothing. It's just like black, like <laughs> dust. And you're like, oh my. <laughs> you see it? No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big wind tunnel. I got to I gotta fact check myself. I think it's like 120 uh, by 140. So in Skunk Works, what would you, I guess, what would your career be? I don't know. Anything that they do. He's not me. allowed to tell you. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> I could totally but I have to kill you. Yeah. But like, would you want to be rather more in like a structural aspect, uh, propulsions? Uh, oh man, anything that just pushes controls? pushes the field of like, uh, I guess, just aer- aeronautics in general. So like, you know how they worked on the SR seventy one, and to get to that point, they had to have the X fifteen. And so working on prototyping aircraft, I think that's like that's really where I want to end up. Which would, would you want to stick with uh, air breathing, or would you want to maybe expand out to? The, the space. Yeah, join so, us, Chris. Know, <laughs> one just, of us. One of us. I don't know. It's just like a different animal, dude. I just I don't have like the head for it. I think you do. I think yeah, I think you're selling yourself <laughs> short. Yeah. I think you could do it. I like planes, guys. <laughs> guys, uh, I like planes. You can make some space planes. Uh, what, what do you think of the son of Blackbird? Uh, which one? SR seventy two. Oh, the SR seventy two. The Dark Star. I don't know. Oh, the one from uh, Maverick. Uh, Maverick. I thought that was crazy. Although when he was doing like Mach 10 and pulling that turn, I thought that was ridiculous. I was like, there's no way he's pulling a turn like that. I've flown that Mach thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Microsoft Flight Sim. <laughs> yeah. So this is the this is the, the the wind tunnel, by the way. I think it says it's 100, and, 100 by 180. And so this is where they would play soccer and stuff. Yeah. It's like out on this green field here. That's awesome. World's biggest wind tunnel, though, is it's right a, there. It's unreal, yeah. It, it, it's so impressive. That's, like, one of their biggest, like, claims to fame other than the a, the Ames Vertical Gun Range, the AVGN. Wait, AVGR. I was going to say, aren't they, like, night vision goggles? And v, never mind. <laughs> NVG? Is that night vision goggles? Nods. But, yeah, the, it... It's amazing. Aims down there. It's crazy that you get a volunteer there. Are you, I was down in, in the Bay Area, yeah, and yeah. I was trying to get us together, but it didn't it didn't line up, unfortunately. It'll happen at some point. It'll happen at some point. Yeah, I want to go back down there. Um, I remember that actually I talked to someone during one of my, my NASA things when I was when they won they came they had me come back down as a student assistant and they were paying me and one of the like STEM outreach heads uh, named Alex Gladney Lemon uh, from Johnson Space Center, he he actually graduated from U of O. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey. University of Oregon. Go Beebs. So uh, he graduated from University of Oregon, and he was, of course, and he knew us from Oregon, and he had, like, the, the duck lanyard on. Mm. He had, like, the duck green, yeah. And uh, I walk up to him, and I go, uh, you know, hey, Alex, like, uh, I'm probably going to go to school in Oregon, So, and I came from community college. Mm. I said, where do you think I should go to school for engineering in Oregon? And he said, without a doubt, Oregon State University. No way. Yeah, and I was what? like, and that, that is literally, it was either going to be Portland State or here, and that was the deciding factor. Because yeah. obviously Portland State is probably a little bit cheaper. I yeah. could stay at home and do it. Yeah, yeah. And he said, Oregon State University, without a doubt. Because I said, I said, what would NASA want? Because that's always been my goal. There you go. And he said, Oregon State University. Asking the right and I said, questions. I said, yeah, I said, there we go. I think OSU is like the, the sixth best engineering school in the country or really? something. 
that's good to hear. Um, around that range, you you might have to double check me, but when I was looking at schools when I was first applying, it was like one of the, the top. Yeah, there's a lot of smart people here. I know that we're in the top ten, but I don't know exactly what position. Percent. Yeah. I don't know, you, JJ. You got self service. <laughs> <laughs> double check. Says I'm connected Back to check. the Wi-Fi. J- JJ, pull that up. <laughs> uh, what did you say? What is your claim to fame? Uh, or, our claim to fame. What, what do you mean? Don't blame this on me. University. Power. You actually Power. quoted directly from this. <laughs> um, engineering school ranking. Well, it's kind of different per engineering school. We're number seventy-three. What? That's uh, not bad. That's pretty overall bad. in the country. Oh, overall. Yeah, what? I'll take that. What was I looking at then? I don't know, man. I remember crazy. the MIT is the best. That the yeah, MIT is yes. being the best. But we were like, the Onion. The Onion, yeah, the Onion. <laughs> Great site. Maybe I'm just going insane. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're just wild, just wild. The site that I looked at, maybe, maybe it might have been a, a B. No, I, I think you're right because I was recently told by faculty here that they're we're biased. in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're biased. Uh, but I think the way that it, it goes for the, is because uh, of the robotics programs that we're part of. Oh, and then we, we're also robotics? doing yeah, <laughs> nuclear and yeah, you, you ping on robotics. Because <laughs> we're we had got our fingers in so many pies, mm-hmm. and that you know sure we're do. connected with Boeing, and we we have all these connections and alumni. Um, it, we have to be SpaceX too. Yeah, SpaceX. That's another one. Yeah, and then like the. There's actually this happened before we even started discussing this podcast, but there was a one of the Oregon State University like affiliated um, robotics companies actually broke the like land speed record with a bipedal robot. Mm-hmm. Cassie, oh Cassie, yeah, Cassie. Cassie. Uh, actually, I, I met one of the one of the higher ups. I don't recall his name at the time, but Is he a professor? No, he he was a professor, um, but he's like one of the higher ups at the company. I don't. What is the company? I don't remember the name. Uh, Boston Dynamics? No, no, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I don't actually. <laughs> other side of the company. I don't recall or the other side of the country. It. Hang on. Let me look. I have a picture of his card. But he All came right. into the robotics lab to, to discuss like uh, one of the recent things that uh, we helped do, which was the merge it with the makerspace, which, you know, if you'd like to join robotics, please email me at coltonj at oregonstate.edu. That's C-O-L-T-O-N-J <laughs> at oregonstate.edu. Uh, but. The robotic stuff that uh, he was talking about was super insightful. Um, it gave a lot of, he gave us a lot of information that I didn't know existed, uh, like about the, some of the stuff that they did in previous years. And like, obviously he's very experienced since he's at this company that succeeded in recently doing, you know, this world record for a robot. Wow. So there's also Professor Hatton on campus as well. That's who I was mm-hmm. referring to. Who is yeah. A crazy intelligent man with a very difficult MATLAB class, <laughs> uh, but he is uh, yeah, currently taking that class. Oh wait, are you three seventeen? Yeah, dude. It's oh, rough. you're it's taking rough. it pretty late then, aren't you? I am, dude. I'm taking a lot of classes late. It's like I knocked out all my back core pretty quickly, and then it's like, cause you remember I'm taking like thermal fluids right now. I should have taken that like two <gasps> years ago. Wait, really? Yeah, isn't that weird? What? Is I thought you were taking... Dr. Pence. Uh, no, I wanted to. Natasha. Uh, no. Um, I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> Spotlight on me. I'm blinking. yeah. Spotlight. Think. Think. Yeah. Put you on the spot. Uh, no, I don't remember. Um, it's it's a cool class. I wish I had it with pens though, because then I could be more prepared for thermodynamics. Um, because I always hear about the horror stories you tell me about that class. About which one? Uh, thermodynamics. Like the oh, project. See, stuff. thermodynamics was a bit of a horror, but uh, it happens to have one of the best engineering uh professors. Oh yeah, she's in the awesome. world. Dr. Which Pence is is Dr. Awesome. Pence. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah. awesome. Shout For out. people listening to this, we should get Dr. Dr. Pence on the podcast. No, we should. You know, she actually hangs out a little bit after during our gas dynamics. She 
uh, if you show up like 15 minutes earlier, she usually is like be bopping around that hallway. We might be able to talk to her. Mm, I would love to have Dr. Pence on. Yeah, she's awesome. She's so knowledgeable about like just everything related. Like I remember when I, when I was taking their class because I didn't finish the first time. <clears throat> um, that happens, right? He <laughs> <laughs> <You> transferred. <laughs> um, like personally, I'm a very like uh, physically engaging person, so I have to have my hands on stuff to really learn it. Um, and so she was able to relate a lot of the topics we covered in class to like cars and stuff, which I'm super familiar with. Uh, and it yes. made it so much easier to visualize some of the stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, Dr. Pence was, I showed up to every single one of her lectures, and I always wore my, my patented NASA hat, my <laughs> trademark NASA hat, <laughs> my decrepit old hat now. And I'd always sit right in like, the second row, and she'd always be like, hey, JJ, how are you? I'm like, I'm great, Dr. Pence, how are you? She tell me about how she's pouring beer in her garden to grow her plants and really yeah her ride her uh, her bike ride to class that morning yeah she's she's an amazing she's an amazing person and a professor yeah. uh, and she's funny really so. cares about her students yes yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. definitely she knows that I mean she the material is hard and she knows that and she definitely makes you work for it but she also knows that you're only going to learn by failing yep yep uh, which is kind of like one of the best ways to learn honestly I oh, mean yeah. hence if it, let's say theoretically a class was failed at one point in time. I'm sure anyone that has failed a class would have learned a lot from that, right? Yeah. No, like what I learned in her class is carrying me right now in this class, which is really funny. My, that's good. What I learned in thermodynamics is carrying like, me through heat transfer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. The the heat transfer stuff. Actually, some of the stuff I did for my uh, my LaSpace Academy with the PDR, I learned about heat transfer for like radiation and convection and conduction. Uh, very very far back like in community college i learned like the basics a lot of it and that helped in the first few weeks and then it outpaced me <laughs> so turning talking talking about like three-dimensional conduction is something mm-hmm. i don't want to think about Ugh, that sounds bad. yeah just wait till heat transfer don't, you know it's it's the break soon yeah. <laughs> don't don't get me started on that uh. no these these classes of course if anyone who is interested in engineering or is you know a mechanical engineer now Please do not worry about these classes. You will learn the necessary material to actually understand it. Uh, it's just it, you got to make sure you know when to take time for yourself and also know when to study ahead of time and yeah. also know how to plan your schedule so you're not taking a capstone class while taking one of the hardest classes on <laughs> yeah. campus. Actually, that <clears throat> wouldn't be me. That, that transitions <laughs> well into what I wanted to talk about. I've been wanting to talk about this for a little while, but we always kind of go off the beaten path. We got a whole half, half hour left, too, right? We got like 15 minutes. Oh, 15 minutes? Okay, this might be perfect to Speed talk run. about. Speed run. Ah. Um, what I wanted to talk about, because this is mainly going to be a podcast about engineers, young engineers, people who might want to be engineers, high school students trying to look look into engineering. Um, and some of the things that I wanted to know uh, early on was what means what in the engineering world? So, like, we're mechanical engineers. What does that mean? Other people are civil engineers. What does that mean? Not everybody knows that right off the bat, and not everybody wants to ask that question and, you know, risk looking the fool, yeah. you know? Um, cause I knew some people who, you know, you know mechanical engineers hard, you know, our, our regret, you're in I's uh, starting class for, or actually, no, you don't wave your hand at me. Ah, yeah. yeah. Dismissed. No, my, my freshman class started at like 800, 900 people for, oh, yeah. and for mine 101. Really? Yeah. It, there was a ton of people because it, it was like 2017, 2018. Hashtag so, community college. Yeah. It was huge. It, it was absolutely massive. Um, each class, like the, just for math. And for the early engineers, absolutely massive. There would be multiple time slots uh, a day, um, multiple times a week for like different like class sections. 
Um, and they would be full up 300, 400 people. Absolutely massive. And by the time you get to your sophomore or your junior, it's down to like 300. Yeah, and then, cleared out. And just in our capstone class kind of shows how many people are left. Cause <laughs> Is that every – well, there's that other capstone class. So well, we have right? two class periods. Oh, my God. So we have the aero class period, and then we have the other the engineering, engineering one, the class period. One. So there's about well, 80 there's people. There's also GFR. Yeah, them too. Yeah. So about, about 120 people. If they totally maxed out at forty, yeah, I made it this far. Then, dang, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, so, like a lot of people, you know, realize, hey, that might not be what I want to do with my life, you know, because it's a huge commitment. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that I know went to like management engineering or construction engineering. Con- construction engineering management. My there sister we go. Had the, has that um, degree. And on that's awesome. And a lot of people moved to civil or manufacturing. I know a lot of people who moved to manufacturing engineering mm-hmm. and. Is it manufacturing? Industrial. No, yeah, manufacturing is one of them. Yeah, okay, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my things confused. But industrial and or manufacturing. Excuse me. Or even chemical. I know a couple of people that went straight to chemical engineering. Yeah. Um, and they're going to go work at a uh, big oil <laughs> down south. Oil. So yeah, it's like what Kyle's getting at is like, what 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 interests cause an interest in this engineering? So like, what what interest do you like now? prior to becoming or deciding on your major that leads to you becoming an engineer so like well so like what comes to mind when you think of like an electrical engineer an electrical engineer? like what, what what do you think an electrical engineer would enjoy from like your experience as because mechanical kind of is like a jack of all yeah, trades yeah. so we can speak for part of it but not all of it but what would you say like a, an electrical engineer like what would you enjoy doing if you wanted to learn to become an electrical engineer like 351 stuff like the arduino thing the sensors yeah that's really cool and then also um like the guy the e guy on our team gerard he um we were going to use like a thing called an mppt for our solar array to because solar panels don't give constant current mm-hmm. so that would that would regulate it but he figured out a way to just use a diode and a capacitor to get the same <laughs> result and and it's, it's amazing lighter it's way lighter way smaller and it, it's like it would be a really uh, crucial part of our design if we can implement that. We have to test it, but I think I think things like that, um, you know, applying your fundamental electronic uh, knowledge uh, into the real world and really simplifying stuff down like that, I think. He, it seems like he has a passion for that kind of stuff. Yeah, the electrical engineering stuff, you got to be a different breed for that. Dude. We talked about it with some of it with that impedance, mm-hmm. some of that stuff. you got to be a wild person, but yep. it's, it's worth it, I think. Uh, I think people usually get electrical engineering degrees either with another, like a comp sci or as a mechanical, I've heard, is a common one. And uh, so, like, w- what does everyone think, like, makes up, like, a mechanical engineer? Actually, this is uh, this is something that I get a lot because every time I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer, they're like, oh, so you work on cars. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> That's a well, mechanic uh, without the yeah. engineer. The, the term but, mechanical engineer has changed a lot, actually, within the past just, like, 30 years because yeah. it used to be kind of like that, right? Right. Now it's move, moved more into a design mm-hmm. phase. Or not a phase, it's but like a, like a designer. It's like a jack of all trades designer, yeah. Is. So we got to know a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. We got to be... Uh, semi-competent and almost all things so we we touch a little bit on chemistry we touch a little bit on material material science and we, we do a lot in structures and stress and, and it's, analysis it's right in the middle and um and then you stick us in a capstone or cad design um and you know we're supposed to roll with that too um i think i might have interrupted you I'm i was sorry. gonna say the best way that i like to tell people and inform people of mechanical engineering is just is there any like mechanical movement 
So with, for example, electrical, you could have some electric circuit that is moving for, for uh, like an actuator, and that could be causing some mechanical movement. So we have to learn a, bit of, a little bit about electrical. Mm -hmm. Chemical, we could have some chemical reaction going on that's pushing a piston or something. Galvanic metals. A battery. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yep. That's causing mechanical movement. Mechanical, again. Mm -hmm. Moving on to, let's see, what else? Uh, manufacturing. Manufacturing. Mm -hmm. I'm not really well versed in manufacturing. You, you, but, learn, uh, you, you learn how to design things and then manufacture them in either a physical method, like through lathe, mill, or even like 3D printing with more injection molding. proprietary right. technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, injection molding. There's a lot in that. And, and then even the like CS, just coding up yes, things, writing yeah, yeah, yeah. up a code so that way you can move something. Yeah. Again, mechanical. So nah, you kind of, <laughs> that's why you kind of called mechanical engineering the jack of all trades because you learn not the high level of everything, but intermediate slash basic level of almost every other degree it yeah exactly it fits a lot of it fills a lot of holes that the other ones are more focused on like mechanical engineering is perfectly right in the middle i think and then you hit like one of the other ones like manufacturing i would say is kind of like a more of the the designing and physically building like components of it without learning the majority of it people getting me mechanical and manufacturing to focus more on that aspect I'm trying to think of one that we probably don't have any experience with, uh, but is the uh, nuclear maybe, engineering. Um, we, okay, so. Basic physics? That's well, you learn a little yeah. bit about, like, yeah, we chemistry, would, too. If we wanted to minor in nuclear, we would take five extra classes. I just joined the Navy. A lot of our higher division ME classes are cross-referenced with nuclear mm -hmm. engineering but students. But none of us are doing it. There's actually a nuclear minor um, person in our capstone. Oh wow! Who are they mining for uranium? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I can't Dun -dun remember her name. <laughs> but uh, is it Debbie? Anyways, yeah. Anyway, you know what team? We digress. No, I don't. Um, but I, I also have a little bit of experience with what the, the Navy looks for and their potential nuclear guys. There you go. Uh, I get that email like every week. Yeah. So like, yeah, <laughs> a nuclear engineer. Yeah, of course, that's a done deal. But if you're mechanical, they just want you. Mm. Like. They're, 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 they just, they're, they're looking at you all the time. I was talking with a recruiter because I was thinking about maybe doing um, uh, reserves. Mm -hmm. to, you know, do my, my, my dream job and then do the reserves because you know, I want, want to serve. And I was talking with the guy. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about maybe doing like structures, like naval shipping stuff. Or not shipping stuff, but naval shipyards. You know, big construction, yeah. big, big deal you know, weapons, stuff like that. And goes, you ever think about nuclear? He <laughs> 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 gets real close. He goes, oh, and he goes. Glasses fog up. <laughs> yeah, his glasses fog. And he's like, I, I really want, you know, we have an amazing nuclear program. <laughs> I'm like, you're on a quota, sir. And uh, I, I, I recognize that. And uh, but, but I would like to know about the uh, engineering duty officer position. He goes, you know. You know, our nuclear guys work with them a lot. <laughs> he gets closer. Back. He gets closer. He goes, son, you ever heard of a gamma ray burst? <laughs> but yeah, so like uh, just having that mechanical background, and I was talking with him, he goes, we'll run you through a program for six months, and then you'll be trained, ready to go. Yeah. And But you just need that mechanical background or the, the nuclear engineering background. Yeah. So yeah, if you wanted as a mechanical engineer to go, you know what, I'm going to go to nuclear. Um, they'll run you through a course, and then boom, you're you're it. Wow, you're it. So like, and then you know, like mechanical can, can basically go do anything out. Uh, have you guys talked with a lot of the guys at the career fair? Actually, we had a career fair for those listening, um, like a month ago, two months the, ago. The Pearl Harbor guy. Oh, there was the Pearl Harbor guys, and there's a bunch of other guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got, uh, I was doing some two. I was 
interviewing with two companies there, and uh, they were like two hours apart, but you know I'm on campus, you know yeah. I was there, so I was just waiting around, and I was chatting with some of the uh, the guys there. That was you know some people didn't show up for their interviews, and uh, one of them was a mechanical engineer, and I'm like, oh, it's just hey, here's a person I can ask, I can ask, uh, what do you do? Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's, uh, he was telling me about it, and he went into product engineering first, and then he went to Africa, and he was doing like drill design, like tool design, things uh -huh. like that. And he said, decided, you know what? I'm going to go do something else. And he went over and started doing chemical engineering for like really small circuits and stuff or something. I don't know why chemical engineers yeah, are a part yeah. of that. That's it was kind of beyond me, but he started working with like super small computer boards and things like that. And he goes, you know, I'm tired of that. You know, he went into construction. And then he, he's like, you know what, I'm tired of that. Then after like four years of that he went over and he started doing um what he was doing now, which was like electrical like eighteen wheelers. He wants to do like that or wow. something. Trying to make a electrical um semi truck? Yeah, e uh, electrical semi truck. Okay. That's what he was trying to do, and he, they were recruiting for that. And I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> so, so there's no real limit, you know. Like if you were civil, we, we didn't even talk about civil. Civil is very, it's a, it's a great field. It, it's always going to be needed everywhere. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like, the it's like civil. Like three words to describe it quick because we're running out of time. Concrete three, steel bridge. Yeah, bridge concrete steel. Uh, <laughs> Transportation yeah. infrastructure. The hate. Architectures. <laughs> uh, th three words to describe, uh, like uh, a chemical engeneer. Go. Uh, 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 chem chemical burns. Um, that's <laughs> no. Chemical burns. Uh, chemical Fires. engineering is you're mainly going to be used for like oil, polymers, polymers, oh, things polymers. like that. Anything yeah. that reactors. Is, yeah. Reactors. I don't know anything mm -hmm. about this. this um, Bioreactors, nuclear reactors, or things like that. You can go in chemistry. Chemical. <laughs> yeah, chemistry. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of plastics. If you do, if you deal with a lot of plastics, um, okay. things like that. Um, lots. There's, there's, lots. There, there's so much engineering that if if you're interested, uh, if you're if you're keeping an eye out for whatever you're interested in, uh, it's out there. I promise. Like there's mechanical, electrical, chemical, industrial, manufacturing, nuclear. Uh, there's the software. There's industrial. Industrial. I didn't already mention industrial. Thank you so There's aerospace. Yeah. Uh, it's it's everywhere. Petroleum. Pe petroleum. It's everywhere. Everything's. Is engineered. there a petroleum specific? Mm -hmm. Is there? I yeah. promise that if you're interested in engineering, if you're interested at all, there's general engineering courses as well that helps give you a little taste of everything. Look into it, and you can do it. Oh, we yeah. promise you that. I think the most interesting engineering I've seen is meteorology engineering. What? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I was looking at a Colorado Boulder, and that's one of, I think it was Colorado Boulder, but that's one of their engineering like major things is meteor meteorological engineering or something like that. Interesting. So they're waking, making weather machines or yeah. I don't know. I just saw it. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, they're tracking did, uh, meteorites. Did the the eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're gro <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right, I hate to cut off our wonderful conversation, but we're coming up on time here. So, Nathaniel, I want to thank you for being here. Kyle. Thank you for being here, and a special thank you to our wonderful guests for being here. It's a pleasure to come on. Do you have any closing words? Oh, man. Um, if you're interested in joining Solar Plane, uh, you can find our Discord link on the OSU AAA Discord link. I don't know if it's linked to this podcast at all. We can link it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can find us through that, or you can reach me at, uh, like I said before, curtycree at oregonstate.edu. So, C-U-R-T-I-C-H-R at OSU. So, yep. Thank you very much. And remember, 
At least it's not rocket science. <laughs> At least it's not rocket science. All right, everyone. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week. Bye.